Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit owner of Jamie's Suites and I'm going to tell you why I insure my business with Next Insurance. When I first started my business, I searched <laughs> high and low for an affordable in Greetings and welcome to Conflict Radio. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we got a, a little commercial in there, everybody. How you doing? Greetings and welcome to Conflict Radio. Uh, today on the show, we are going to have Brooks Agnew join us again. Brooks is a master engineer with more than 40 years of experience designing brand new industries. He is a seven-time Amazon best-selling author and a world-renowned public speaker. He has hosted X Squared Radio for more than 15 years and is currently one of the highest rated podcasters on Sunday nights in America. His writing style has earned an en- enormous audience because he can blend highly technical sciences with current events, history, and fictional characters that will change your life. He has 11 titles in print and is working on a new TV series for the Birth Trilogy. He is currently the CEO of an electric truck manufacturing company in North Carolina. Brooks Agnew, welcome to Conflict Radio. How are you today? Wow, thank you so much. Great introduction. I'm great. I'm great. Good to be here. Man, you have wrote a, a ton of books. you got the Birth series. Um, you still working with, with TV to get that into some kind of show? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, we I've written a, 42 scripts, which will take it through three seasons. I originally wrote the first book to be a big screen TV, a uh, big screen movie. But uh, <laughs> I couldn't wait five years to put it on the screen. So we went after the small screen. And so we've been in a bunch of script contests, and we've won some what's called Wheat Straw, which is the little awards that you see at the beginning of every movie or every TV series. And uh, so we're actively courting uh, network executives, and when they get around to, uh, or when we make our way to the head of the line that has 25,000 other script writers in it, then you know we'll, uh, we'll get a shot at the small screen, and people will be amazed. Awesome, man. Hopefully, uh, everything works out on that on that front, man. Everything you do interests me very much. <laughs> I should say, like, like you have, you are so smart and intelligent, and in all the things that you say and the the way you come across, you just make so much sense to me. And uh, you know, thanks so much for taking the time to coming back on the show today. Really do appreciate it. Well, I, I'm so delighted that you think so. And and by the way, it all interests me too. So we're we're both in the same. Uh... In the same boat. 
All right. And just so everybody knows, all of the links to Brooks podcasts and his website and everything is down below in the description box. I was going to say uh, go and subscribe to your YouTube channel, but I guess that's gone now, isn't it? Just just disappeared somehow. Yeah, well, we've been uh, in YouTube jail for a couple of weeks now, but, uh, you know, they just uh, don't like science. They just don't like it. Are you are you in YouTube jail or is it down? No, it's nobody can get to it. I can't even get to it. So they'll they'll bring it back up in a couple of weeks. Uh, I, this is like the third or fourth time I've been in YouTube jail. They they just decide that uh, they don't like science. They don't want their listeners to hear uh, the truth, and they just cut it off. All right. Now, I just want to give a shout-out here to everybody in the group. Paul Beska, I do have your shirt ordered. It's got to get to me before I can put it in the mail to you. Thank you so much for that intro. Sorry, everybody, for that commercial popped up. There's a thousand things going on here, and it took me a minute to figure out where that was coming from. So uh, give a shout-out here to uh, Colonel Briggs. Paul Beska's here. Hugo Darn, Mr. Fox, good to see you. Uh, Watchman for Jesus in here. The Happy Plague Doctor. i seen Dr. Strangelove is here. TK422, Chuck Bam. Uh, Jimmy DeValia, I guess I guess that's how you say it, is here. Now, uh, Brooks, I, I wanted to watch a video. I was watching this video, and I, I'm going to be uh, really honest with everybody here. Uh, I tried getting permission to do this, but I did not hear back in time. In time, So I'm just going to move this over here so everybody can see what I'm doing here. And this is... The manufacturing of a mass psychosis can sanity return to an insane world. And I'm going to flip this over to here. This is the channel Academy, if I could say it, Academy of Ideas, Free Minds for a Free Society. Go over and hit that subscribe button like I just did there and uh, make sure that you're subscribed to this channel. I'm going to go ahead and play this video, Brooks. You got it loaded up? You ready to see? Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and play this. It's going to take about 16 minutes or so, and then we're going to talk about this, all right? So everybody, get a, get a load of this thing here. The masses have never thirsted after truth. They turn aside from evidence that is not to their taste, preferring to deify error if error seduced them. Whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master. Whoever attempts to destroy their illusions is always their victim. Diseases of the body can spread through a population and reach epidemic proportions, but so too can diseases of the mind. And of these epidemics of the latter variety, the mass psychosis is the most dangerous. During a mass psychosis, madness becomes the norm in a society and delusionary beliefs spread like a contagion. But as delusions can take many forms, and as madness can manifest in countless ways, the specific manner in which a mass psychosis unfolds will differ based on the historical and cultural context of the infected society. In the past, mass psychoses have led to witch hunts, genocides, and even dancing manias. But in the modern era, it is the mass psychosis of totalitarianism that is the greatest threat. Totalitarianism, writes Arthur Verslewis, is the modern phenomenon of total centralized state power, coupled with the obliteration of individual human rights. In the totalized state, there are those in power, and there are the objectified masses, the victims. 
In a totalitarian society, the population is divided into two groups, the rulers and the ruled, and both groups undergo a pathological transformation. The rulers are elevated to an almost godlike status, which is diametrically opposed to our nature as imperfect beings who are easily corrupted by power. The masses, on the other hand, are transformed into the dependent subjects of these pathological rulers and take on a psychologically regressed and childlike status. Hannah Arendt, one of the 20th century's preeminent scholars of this form of rule, called totalitarianism an attempted transformation of human nature itself. But this attempted transformation only turns sound minds into sick minds, for as the Dutch medical doctor who studied the mental effects of living under totalitarianism wrote, there is in fact much that is comparable between the strange reactions of the citizens of totalitarianism and their culture as a whole, on the one hand, and the reactions of the sick schizophrenic on the other. The social transformation that unfolds under totalitarianism is built upon and sustained by delusions. For only deluded men and women regress to the childlike status of obedient and submissive subjects and hand over complete control of their lives to politicians and bureaucrats. Only a deluded ruling class will believe that they possess the knowledge, wisdom, and acumen to completely control society in a top-down manner. And only when under the spell of delusions would anyone believe that a society composed of power-hungry rulers on the one hand and a psychologically regressed population on the other will lead to anything other than mass suffering and social ruin. But what triggers the psychosis of totalitarianism? As was explored in the previous video of this series, the mass psychosis of totalitarianism begins in a society's ruling class. The individuals that make up this class, be it politicians, bureaucrats, or crony capitalists, are very prone to delusions that augment their power, and no delusion is more attractive to the power-hungry than the delusion that they can and should control and dominate a society. When a ruling elite becomes possessed by a political ideology of this sort, be it communism, fascism, or technocracy, the next step is to induce a population into accepting their rule by infecting them with the mass psychosis of totalitarianism. This psychosis has been induced many times throughout history, and as Mirulu explains, it is simply a question of reorganizing and manipulating collective feelings in the proper way. The general method by which the members of a ruling elite can accomplish this end is called menticide, with the etymology of this word being a killing of the mind, and as Mirlu further explains, menticide is an old crime against the human mind and spirit, but systematized anew. It is an organized system of psychological intervention and judicial perversion through which a ruling class can imprint their own opportunistic thoughts upon the minds of those they plan to use and destroy. Priming a population for the crime of menticide begins with the sowing of fear. For as was explored in the first video of this series, when an individual is flooded with negative emotions such as fear or anxiety, he or she is very susceptible to a descent into the delusions of madness. Threats real, imagined, or fabricated can be used to sow fear, but a particularly effective technique is to use waves of terror. Under this technique, the sowing of fear is staggered with periods of calm, 
but each of these periods of calm is followed by the manufacturing of an even more intense spell of fear. And on and on the process goes. Or as Mirlu writes, each wave of terrorizing creates its effects more easily after a breathing spell than the one that preceded it because people are still disturbed by their previous experience. Morality becomes lower and lower, and the psychological effects of each new propaganda campaign become stronger. It reaches a public already softened up. While fear primes a population for menticide, the use of propaganda to spread misinformation and to promote confusion with respect to the source of the threats and the nature of the crisis helps to break down the minds of the masses. Government officials and their lackeys in the media can use contradictory reports, nonsensical information, and even blatant lies, as the more they confuse, the less capable will a population be to cope with the crisis and diminish their fear in a rational and adaptive manner. Confusion, in other words, heightens the susceptibility of a dissent into the delusions of totalitarianism. Or as Mirlu explains, logic can be met with logic, while illogic cannot. It confuses those who think straight. The big lie and monotonously repeated nonsense have more emotional appeal than logic and reason. While the people are still searching for a reasonable counterargument to the first lie, the totalitarians can assault them with another. Never before in history have such effective means existed to manipulate a society into the psychosis of totalitarianism. Smartphones and social media, television and the internet, all in conjunction with algorithms that quickly censor the flow of unwanted information, allow those in power to easily assault the minds of the masses. What is more, the addictive nature of these technologies means that many people voluntarily subject themselves to the ruling elite's propaganda with a remarkable frequency. Modern technology, explains Mirlu, teaches man to take for granted the world he is looking at. He takes no time to retreat and reflect. Technology lures him on, dropping him into its wheels and movements. No rest, no meditation, no reflection, no conversation. The senses are continually overloaded with stimuli. Man doesn't learn to question his world anymore. The screen offers him answers, ready-made. But there is a further step the would-be totalitarian rulers can take to increase the chance of a totalitarian psychosis. And this is to isolate the victims and to disrupt normal social interactions. When alone and lacking normal interactions with friends, family, and co-workers, an individual becomes far more susceptible to delusions for several reasons. Firstly, they lose contact with the corrective force of the positive example, for not everyone is tricked by the machinations of the ruling elite, and the individuals who see through the propaganda can help free others from the menticidal assault. If, however, isolation is enforced, the power of these positive examples greatly diminishes. But another reason that isolation increases the efficacy of menticide is because, like many other species, human beings are more easily conditioned into new patterns of thought and behavior when isolated. Or as Mirlu explains with regards to the physiologist Ivan Pavlov's work on behavioral conditioning, Pavlov made another significant discovery. The conditioned reflex could be developed most easily in a quiet laboratory with a minimum of disturbing stimuli. 
Every trainer of animals knows this from his own experience. Isolation and the patient repetition of stimuli are required to tame wild animals. The totalitarians have followed this rule. They know that they can condition their political victims most quickly if they are kept in isolation. Alone, confused, and battered by waves of terror, a population under an attack of menticide descends into a hopeless and vulnerable state. The never-ending stream of propaganda turns minds once capable of rational thought into playhouses of irrational forces. And with chaos swirling around them and within them, the masses crave a return to a more ordered world. The would-be totalitarians can now take the decisive step. They can offer a way out and a return to order in a world that seems to be moving rapidly in the opposite direction. But all this comes at a price. The masses must give up their freedom and cede control of all aspects of life to the ruling elite. They must relinquish their capacity to be self-reliant individuals who are responsible for their own lives and become submissive and obedient subjects. The masses, in other words, must descend into the delusions of the totalitarian psychosis. Totalitarianism, writes Mirlu, is man's escape from the fearful realities of life into the virtual womb of the leaders. The individual's actions are directed from this womb, from the inner sanctum. Man need no longer assume responsibility for his own life. The order and logic of the prenatal world reign. There is peace and silence, the peace of utter submission. But the order of a totalitarian world is a pathological order. By enforcing a strict conformity and requiring a blind obedience from the citizenry, totalitarianism rids the world of the spontaneity that produces many of life's joys and the creativity that drives society forward. The total control of this form of rule no matter under what name it is branded, be it rule by scientists and doctors, politicians and bureaucrats, or a dictator, breeds stagnation, destruction, and death on a mass scale. And so perhaps the most important question facing the world is how can totalitarianism be prevented? And if a society has been induced into the early stages of this mass psychosis, can the effects be reversed? While one can never be sure of the prognosis of a collective madness, there are steps that can be taken to help effectuate a cure. This task, however, necessitates many different approaches from many different people. For just as the menticidal attack is multi-pronged, so too must be the counter-attack. According to Carl Jung, for those of us who wish to help return sanity to an insane world, the first step is to bring order to our own minds and to live in a way that provides inspiration for others to follow. It is not for nothing that our age cries out for the Redeemer personality, for the one who can emancipate himself from the grip of the collective psychosis, and save at least his own soul, who lights a beacon of hope for others, proclaiming that here is at least one man who has succeeded in extricating himself from the fatal identity with the group psyche. But assuming one is living in a manner free of the grip of the psychosis, there are further steps that can be taken. Information that counters the propaganda should be spread as far and as wide as possible. For the truth is more powerful than the fiction and falsities peddled by the would-be totalitarian rulers. 
and so their success is in part contingent on their ability to censor the free flow of information. Another tactic is to use humor and ridicule to delegitimize the ruling elite, or as Mirlu explains, we must learn to treat the demagogue and aspirant dictators in our midst with the weapon of ridicule. The demagogue himself is almost incapable of humor of any sort, and if we treat him with humor, he will begin to collapse. A tactic recommended by Vaclav Havel, a political dissident under Soviet communist rule, who later became president of Czechoslovakia, is the construction of what are called parallel structures. A parallel structure is any form of organization, business, institution, technology, or creative pursuit that exists physically within a totalitarian society, yet morally outside of it. In communist Czechoslovakia, Havel noted that these parallel structures were more effective at combating totalitarianism than political action. Furthermore, when enough parallel structures are created, a second culture, or parallel society, spontaneously forms and functions as an enclave of freedom and sanity within a totalitarian world. Or as Havel explains in his book, The Power of the Powerless. What else are parallel structures than an area where a different life can be lived? A life that is in harmony with its own aims, and which in turn structures itself in harmony with those aims. What else are those initial attempts at social self-organization than the efforts of a certain part of society to rid itself of the self-sustaining aspects of totalitarianism, and thus, to extricate itself radically from its involvement in the totalitarian system? But above all else, what is required to prevent a full descent into the madness of totalitarianism is action by as many people as possible. For just as the ruling elite do not sit around passively, but instead take deliberate steps to increase their power, so too an active and concerted effort must be made to move the world back in the direction of freedom. This can be an immense challenge in a world falling prey to the delusions of totalitarianism, but as Thomas Paine noted, tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. All right, everybody, there you go. Um, Brooks, I'm curious yes. as to your reaction on that. Well, <clears throat> he's very good at reciting the history of, of uh, I guess we'd call it a mass psychosis, but in the old days, it was called... Um, uh, Basically, a mass psychosis illness, MPI is what the psychological community calls it. And uh, it, the, the crazy thing about it is that they would really have symptoms. They would have illness and even death, uh, even though there was no infectious agent. It was simply passed along from person to person by a mass contagion it's like like a crowd and in those days you know you could i suppose get one guy with a loud voice and a megaphone to stand up in front of people you could probably get to an audience of maybe a thousand people but today like right now you can have an audience of millions of people and it's one thing for us you me other podcasters to get on once two three five times a week but the global syndicate gets on 
thousands of times an hour all over the world, all channels, all frequencies. They hit you in print. They hit you in commercials. They hit you in movies. They hit you in books. They hit you in school. They hit you in laws. And they hit you in what I call terroristic litigation. They sue you until you die. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Um, and in using all of these venues, they are able to get more people thinking about what they envision as a future. And when we think about it, we start adding our energy to it. That's where the mass psychosis comes in. And once we add our energy to it, then it's pure mathematics from there. It's all resonance. We are all, I mean, if you go listen to any kind of montage you want on any of the news programs on TV, it will really blow your mind. It does not matter what news actor is before the camera. It doesn't matter what program it is. It doesn't matter what hour it is or what their audience is. The wording is exactly, precisely the same over and over and over again. And they know these principles work. And they have mastered the art of plunging the world into mass psychosis. I, I was so frustrated at the beginning of 2020 because, you know, the Trump economy was just blowing and going and everybody was making money and it, it didn't look like anything could stop it. Yeah. And I said to myself at the end of January when my, I, I made my first speaking event in January in New York, that went very well, packed house. The next one was canceled and all the others were canceled. And I was so frustrated because I thought to myself, who the hell has the power to pick up the phone and lock down 187 countries who has that power and you know what i still don't know the answer to the question but i know how they did it yeah you know you you gotta wonder um everything that everything that was pretty much in that video was kind of i mean you could relate to what's happening today well, it's because it's been happening for a long, long time. I mean, look at some of the art that was in there. It goes back, you know, a couple of centuries easily. Yeah, it is It is a method and a methodology that has been used to control the, I was going to say the illiterate masses, but that's not really true because look at the, look at the university community. Look at the teachers unions. They're educated people, and most of the time they're the smartest person in the room. And yet they are so 
locked into this psychosis that they will literally physically attack somebody who dares to express any kind of freedom. You know, you you got to look at this reminds me of of you know, you got to look at do you, do you think that most of these people know what they're doing, know what they're taking part in? Oh, that's a very good question. I, mean, you, I think you, you people at, that are that are designing it and running it, the people that own the networks, the people that that write the script in these think tanks high in these uh, uh, multi-story universities around the world, they know exactly what they're doing. The CCP knows what it's doing. Uh, the think tanks that write the omnibus bills, they know what they're doing. But do the people realize that they're being duped this way? Do they realize that they're being sucked into a mass uh, illusion? No, I don't think they do. Well, some do, I think. Well, you look what happened at the end, at the end of World War II, okay? During World War II... This kind of mass psychosis was was going on. News media and education, they were drilling into the people the importance of going along with the government, of taking the inoculations that they were giving us. But at the end of the war, they woke up and they had the Nuremberg trials for years. And 70,000 people, 70,000 people is a lot of people in 1945 to 48. They hung by the neck until dead. Newscasters, politicians, teachers, public speakers, uh, military heads, they were all destroyed. Their bodies were buried. They went room temperature. I shudder to think that the number is in the millions now. Yeah, absolutely crazy. I, I mean, uh, it's, I mean, it, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like. I mean, do you think that they will be able to break out of this? I mean, I mean, I don't think I've ever. I mean, even throughout history, it's never been this. It's true. It's never it's, been this intent. I, I I guess what I'm trying to say is it it's it doesn't seem like it's ever been so much, on to to so many people at one time. It's it's. It's a it's a psychosis. It's a it's a menticide of such great proportions, comparable in history. I mean, I mean, this is the most we've ever seen. I, I mean, right? Am, am well, I? This is the most we've seen in this country for sure, because Americans are, uh, you know, we're resistant to groupthink. Uh, this, it's just how we're built. But of course, a couple generations of young people coming out of school, all trained in groupthink, it's beginning. It's obviously beginning to shift a little bit. But you got to understand where this actually started. You know, eighty-seven years ago, I would say uh, long around nineteen thirty-four. It was actually began in nineteen thirty-three. But nineteen thirty-four, Roosevelt. Uh, vastly expanded the agencies, departments, bureaus, and administrations. And he gave them federal power to write law. He gave them federal power to assess taxes and fees and fines and take enforcement actions. And in, and in 1935, he established the FBI. And their charter was way different than the military. Their charter said that they are to protect the interests of the Democrat Party. And that they have been doing perfectly fine since 1935. Now, what we're going through right now is something that's very difficult for people to break out of because 
when me and half a million of my friends went to Washington, D.C. on January uh, 6th, we went there to celebrate. We went there to show solidarity. We went there to wave flags and to meet other patriots from around the world, and they were there. Excuse me. And it was a fabulous, wonderful day of love and music and meeting new people and supporting our president and, of course, lamenting the loss of the republic. Now, if you watch the news or listen to any commentary at all, it was an insurrection. No, it wasn't. It was a celebration. No, it was an insurrection. They're trying to rewrite what actually happened. And I don't think they're being as as successful as they think they are. So I think, yes, there is a way out of it. And the way out of it is to listen to Conflict Radio, is to listen to all of these podcasts and wake the hell up. Yeah, you know, we don't always talk about this topic, you know, especially on this platform, because it's not something I guess that that uh you know our overlords will let us get into in too much of a, a detail so i guess uh trying to be a little careful here about what we say but okay you know when you see when you see everybody at the g7 you know and they're all six feet apart when they're walking and they got their little masks on and you know they look so you know so like their programming and then you go to when they think that they're not on the camera and they're all sitting next to each other nobody has masks on you know it's almost i mean they have to know i mean they're not afraid of it obviously they don't they don't they they know that they don't that the masks don't work or that you know it, it's all a show because they're when the cameras aren't rolling everything you know they go back to normal right oh yeah absolutely and it does that too when i go to washington when the cameras are rolling, they, there's the there's the virtue signal, and when the cameras stop rolling, they're they're back to all you know chummy, uh, sleeping with one another. Yeah, you you got to wonder. So so you think we're too far gone? No, I don't. I I, I don't think we're too far gone. I think that uh, that they think that they have done a good job. They think that they are very. Put it this way: when they pulled off what they did uh, in November of, of 2020, they had to pull out all the stops. They actually didn't know. They didn't know that if their candidate didn't win Florida and didn't win Ohio and didn't win Iowa, which, by the way, no president ever has won the White House without winning those three states, they didn't know that if their candidate lost those states, that he'd still win. They didn't think they could cheat that bad to get him in office, but they did, and they got away with it, which is it's crazy. It's but every I mean even the even everybody of every party and every race and every religion knows what happened. So I don't think they can sustain it. I it's been what 140, 150 days, and it's already falling apart. It cannot sustain itself a house divided cannot stand it will not stand yeah i mean you're looking at uh what's going on with the arizona audit i mean we're i guess they're just now finishing that up or we're waiting on i guess they're they're refusing to give up the routers for that so that might actually words are just now and and look what's happening in georgia i mean the you look at the legal 
rem, uh, legal uh, maneuverings that went on this week in Georgia. It's incredibly uh, complex legal maneuvering. And it's basically to protect things like discovery and putting people under oath later on. Because if they'd have gone for too much too early, then there would have been some legal wrangling later on. And they would have got out of some discovery. And maybe the audit might never take place because they said it already did, but it didn't. See, it's, it's just it's all perjury. People are going to go to jail. People are going to go to jail. Now, it hasn't happened yet. And what they're trying to do is keep this so slow and so uh, like molasses, uh, you know, dripping off of a... Yeah, delay, a, a, delay, like, delay, right? Yeah, exactly. What they're trying to do is make people so sick and tired of it that they just accept it. And they say, oh, what the hell, 2024 is right around the corner. Let's not, let's not fix it. Let's just keep going the way it is. But that's not going to happen. Nope, nope, nope. I think in about... Uh, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. By maybe the end of July, it's that soon. All it takes is two states. Arizona's already gone. Arizona's going to decertify. One more state, and it's going to come apart. By the way, I predicted all of this on Easter Sunday of 2020. I said there will be six states who will stop their count in the middle of the night. And they will not seat their delegates until they have got enough ballots in the system to win. Yeah. And uh, we saw what happened. I mean, uh, you know, you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden, you know, all these all these things came in the middle of the night. And you got to wonder why they're jamming this vote bill through Congress and the Senate right now. You know, while we're two weeks away from the Arizona audit results because they have a business model that works the cheat my cheat by mail or the ballots are a system that's what i call it where you have mail mail out mail in ballots that are never mailed out or mailed in they're just printed somewhere in china and delivered as as needed that business model works for them they don't need elections anymore and you know what they want to make us believe we don't need elections anymore you know, another thing that you got to wonder is why why are they hiring all of these attorneys and defense attorneys and and everything else trying to stop an audit? I mean, if everything if everything was fine, attorneys, a hundred and thirty attorneys have been in uh, Arizona for two months. By the way, it's a thousand bucks an hour, a thousand dollars an hour yeah. per attorney. So think, figure it out: one hundred and thirty thousand dollars an hour plus expenses. To have those guys in Arizona. That's what it's worth to them to stop this. Yeah. And I mean, uh, if, if everything was in the up and up that they say it is, why would they be going through all of these? I guess, why would they be going through all of these uh, steps to try to stop it? Why why stop it? If, if, if everything was legit and fair and square, why not just be like, oh, okay, well, go ahead, audit. Audit all you want. I mean, we got the votes. 
Well, you kind of answered your own question because they don't have the votes. And once uh, the information that Cyber Ninjas uh, has collected is released to the people where they find out, I'm going to say somewhere between 220 and 240,000 ballots were never mailed out. They were just dropped off. They were never folded. And these ballots have to be folded twice, you know, to get out, get back in, be signed and all that. These ballots were printed on counterfeit paper. They were voted by a printing machine. They were just run like copies off a printer. And then they were delivered in the, in the wee hours of the morning and run through the system. The legislators knew this. And the governor and the secretary of state went along with it because the CCP paid for their campaigns. And the same thing with the uh, district attorney. George Soros has purchased the campaigns of more than 180 district attorneys. That's crazy. Yeah, you, you got to wonder, you know, why, why, why does he even care? You know, uh, let me give a shout out here to everybody in the chat. I see blue chickens here. Finally, welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, Dubaya J is still in here. I see Barry. How you doing? Uh, Brooks Agnew is actually in the chat. <laughs> Brooks, uh, great to have you here. Don M, Clifton James, Kelly, uh, Cookie Therapy, how you doing? And uh, everybody, give that thumbs up because it does help the algorithm get more people in here. Brooks, I guess, uh, where where do you think this is all going to go? Where, where are we going to end up? Oh, boy, that's a big question. Because, you know, for a while I thought, we're gosh, I think we're heading for civil war. Uh, but I think it's not going to be a civil war of violence. It's going to be a civil war of ideas. And it's going to be a civil war of resistance. And we're actually very close. I think we're about, you know, 47 to 53 percent. The, the interesting thing is that the, the people who are supporting the, uh, the made-for-TV virus and the cheat-by-mail system, the people that are supporting that are unified, but they're unified all for different reasons. Some of them are getting a check. Some of them are, uh, are uh, you know, seeing their political enemies be ruined. Some of them are uh, doing it because their friends are doing it and their family's doing it. But they're not unified like patriots are. Patriots come from all walks of life. Bus drivers and billionaires, fishermen and cops and financial people, they're everywhere. I go to these events. I was just down in Dallas over, over uh, <clears throat> Memorial Day weekend. Pretty short notice event. A thousand patriots showed up, $500 a chair. I was one of them. And they are excited. They are really energetic. And they're unified, not by race. Not by even by economic status. They are unified on America. And that is what's going to win. And it's going to win without physical conflict. It is going to win by ideology and by a resonance that's more pure. It's more high frequency. It's more fearless. Really fearless. And that is very important when it comes to defeating mass psychosis. Because the one thing you should notice, as far as you want to read about it, and I'm a big fan of Carl Jung. Carl Jung was uh, 
one of the first psychologists to write about man and his symbols and sacred geometry and all of the. In fact, in fact, uh, Herman Hesse was a patient of Carl Jung, just to give you an example how how influential he was. And when I see uh, these tools being operated to accomplish this mass psychosis, it is all based in fear. And fear cannot sustain itself. It will consume itself. But love and togetherness and charity and care about one another, it is eternal. And it will overcome all of this, I promise you. All right, so I want to give a, a shout-out here to Blue Chicken. He created a Discord for Conflict Radio fans to join. Blue Chicken, you can post that now, or the link for that Discord now, or any time during the show, during any show that we do. Go ahead and, and uh, post a link. You guys can join this Discord. I guess uh, uh, Blue Chicken set it up. I want to welcome Barry to the membership area. Thank you, Barry, for signing up to support the show. I appreciate it. Remember all of the all of the videos with a uh, past guest that we used to have on the show are available if you're a member. Okay. Uh, Paul Beska wants to know, Brooks, what do you make of the current Bitcoin crash, etc.? And it, you know, I was thinking about this last night, and it's kind of funny how China is attacking the cryptocurrencies. What what do you make of that? Well, like I put in the chat room, the cryptocurrencies are being shattered by the bankers. Uh, they've always known that this is going to compete with them, that their fiat currency and their ability to print money endlessly and dump what they perceive to be value into their systems is only being threatened by cryptocurrency. You have to stay focused here because what I call the global syndicate, which is this, this four division arm of, of the dark forces, which is the financial, which is the IMF and the World Bank, which we know them as the World Economic Forum. Okay, that's that's the financial arm. The military arm right now is served by the CCP, the political arm by the Democrat Party, and what I call the global media empire, which is six rich white guys that run all the media networks and, and uh, processing. And and the three tech giants. Once you once you take those nine people, that's the global media empire. You take these four divisions, and they are focused on one thing and one thing only, and that is to wipe the middle class off the face of the earth. They want to do what they did in 1929. They want nothing but billionaires and paupers. And that's what they're shooting for. And that's cryptocurrency is one of the main things standing in their way. And they're going to try to crash it. They're doing it right now. They're doing it right now. All of my holdings in cryptocurrencies are down about 41% from their high. Yeah, you know, I actually sold all of mine, um, I guess, not too long ago, but before it crashed too hard. So I actually did make uh, make quite a bit on the cryptocurrency. Uh, I got out of that. It's good. And a lot of people don't realize that cryptocurrency is like a hundred story building. You get in at the sidewalk, ride it to the 50th floor and get off the elevator. Yeah. Walk back down to the ground floor and find the next cryptocurrency. But like you did, you got out and, 
and with you know your 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 profits not many people do that i'd say less than 10% of the people actually do that most people ride it out yeah i was actually lucky enough to get a whole bunch of doge coin at 4 cents <laughs> I think I invested at 17 cents and I sold out at 31 cents. Yeah, so I, I made a little bit of money, but I think uh, I sold out just before he or uh, right after he uh he he crashed everything on Saturday night live. I sold uh, out right well, after that. Great. You did very well, very well. <laughs> yeah. But I have I got other stuff too. We got uh, I got Bitcoin and I got uh Uma and I've got uh, you know several others, but they're all down, all of them, all across the board. Yeah, uh, Shiba Inu was another one. I, I'm thinking of actually uh, getting into that. Here, uh, I did get into that, and then and then I, I sold every I sold everything. I don't have any any crypto coin right now. I thought, boy, this is all. I'll, I'll wait a little bit before I buy any of this stuff for a little while, see what's going, because it's all just totally crashing. So, I I did something a little different uh, because I I knew somewhere around February of this year that by Christmas, my dollar was only going to be worth 80 cents. I could see what Virtual Joe and his gang of criminals were doing, and they were pushing for hyperinflation. That's another tool that the left uses to smash the middle class. So I moved my cash out of liquid stuff that I had, and I put it into solid assets like silver and things like that, where I could freeze it against, against inflation. It doesn't really make money, but it keeps you from losing money. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah. I guess shout out to Don M. I did see that comment. I know you've retracted it, but I did see it. Thank you very much. And um, so I guess, uh, man, I you know, what, I guess, how does this all, I mean, you know, let me talk to you about this. You said at the end of the last show that we were doing that uh, the moon was possibly a spaceship that came here. All right, and that uh, they've they've been on the Earth even you know maybe even longer than supposedly. And we're talking about I guess uh, extraterrestrials or whatever. What do you think's going on with all of that? And is there really an underground war going on right now? Well, I don't know about the latter question. I, I'm not too. I'm not much of a believer in the deep underground military bases and the conflicts that people are talking about right now. I, I haven't seen any sauce on that. I'll put it that way. But I do believe that modern man is not uh, the only sentient race on this planet. And it, these could be 
what we what I call ultra terrestrials. These are beings that have been here on the Earth for tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of years. They haven't proliferated like we have. They're not as hardy as we are. They're not able to fight off you know, viruses and bacteria the way we are. They have to live in a, a sheltered environment, and so their population is small. But nevertheless, they're very advanced. They also realize that if they ever reveal themselves to us, that they wouldn't stand a chance. We would just outnumber them because we breed like rabbits. Uh, so I think that we coexist on this planet. And I think they they fly through the air and under the water with uh, pretty much impunity. I think they're as, as present as they want to be, that's for sure. Uh, I don't think, and I know several people in the Pentagon, I've been there lots of times myself. Uh, and, of course, I grew up in you know, JPL and Air Force, and I've been close to the space program my entire life, even though I haven't worked in the industry my, my high school friends have. I don't think there's much to disclose because I don't think they know much. I think they have some trash and they have some <coughs> some blurry pictures and blurry videos, but I don't think they have much else than that. I would like to see them throw open the warehouse doors and Roll the ship out. Just roll it out right there on the tarmac and let us take a tour. But I don't think they have any operational technology. Because right. if they did, they would be using it. All right. So so I'm kind of thinking here, is, is this mass psychosis and everything, is, is that all being controlled by, you think, the, the off-world visitors that are here? Or do you think that they're just observing what's going on? They're, they're just observing. That, that doesn't have anything to do with them. The... Uh, the forces that are trying to control the earth, and you have to think about that term just a little bit. Who gives a rat's behind about controlling the earth? Why would I care if you got three square meals a day and had a clean place to go to the bathroom and a, and a clean glass of drinking water? I wouldn't care one bit about that if I ruled the world, and neither would they. They don't care about ruling the world. And all the logistics and supply chain headaches that go with it. What they want is the souls. They want us to be in a state of fear and despair and hatred. That's when they win. All and right. all we have to do is choose not to. All right. So uh, let's see here. If you guys got any questions for Brooks, go ahead and put them in caps so I can read it. I see one here from Dubier J. If this, and I guess this is a question for for you, Brooks. It says, if this was what they wanted, why did so many rich people try to stop 1929, and why did so many jump out of windows afterwards? Would our guest even uh, care to explain that? They weren't the rich; they were the middle class. Those were people that invested their money and were margined way out there because they were moving from. You know, the lower middle class, they were on the threshold of becoming one of the rich themselves. And that's exactly the victim that the global billionaires were going after. This is a very small line of people. And I will tell you, there's two things that they covet more than anything. They protect with everything they have. Number one is the bloodline. The bloodline means everything to them. And the other is their place on the throne. They don't want to share the throne. They don't want anybody else to have what they have. And when they see people 
making their way up the ladder, they will, they will smash their money and make them jump out of windows. And they laugh the whole time. They laugh about it. So, yes, there were rich people that got taken during 1929, but they were originally the middle class. And that's exactly the person they wanted to wipe out. Yeah, the, the middle class in, in the 20s, I would imagine, was a lot better off than the middle class today, right? Well, they they didn't have uh, the system of debt that we have today. They didn't have credit cards and, you know, you couldn't wire money. It was, it was not the, the things that they have today. You could buy a farm. You could buy land. You could buy rental property. You could invest in stocks. But it, and then you could margin the stocks ninety to one. You only had to have a dime to, to margin a dollar's worth of stocks. And a lot of people did because why not? I mean, the stock market for like eight years has been blowing and going just like it was under Trump. You could not lose. And I mean, we blew so far past thirty thousand in the Dow. It, it isn't funny. And yet, they were able to. Well, put it this way: the number of millionaires in the United States increased in one year by 30%. The number of millionaires by 30%. And yet, about 8 million small businesses were destroyed. Now you think about it. How did that happen? How in the world would 8 million small businesses evaporate like a rain droplet on a hot pavement, and yet 30% of the millionaires would increase this is the grand division. This is what we're talking about. That's exactly what they wanted to do. Yeah. So, so there's a, a few questions in the chat room about the bloodlines. Are they are the the bloodlines you were talking about? Are they satanic? And then uh, uh, Chuck wants to know: Are they the descendants of of King Herod? Well, they go back before that. I I believe that the bloodline is actually the descendants of Cain. And that over the generations, that, that bloodline got diluted, except for certain tribes that managed to keep themselves very, very small. And I think what happened was, uh, as my brother was uh, chairman of physiology at Johns Hopkins, so I kind of saw this come into, into fruition, they had, he was going to Washington every other day for grant money to fund this program and try to get it going. And the only people that were really interested in the program and funding it was the military. And I thought, what the hell? Why wouldn't why wouldn't health why wouldn't pharma fund it? Nope. It was the money, most of it was coming from DARPA. And what happened was they developed a system where they could evaluate the human DNA. And what they needed was they needed what I call colloquial sampling. They needed sampling from areas, zip codes around the world. And they didn't have the money to do it. So they went to Congress and they tried to get the money to do a global sampling and Congress turned them down. Congress said, no, you're not going to invade people's privacy and go around the world, take tissue samples from people and you know, try to find out where this DNA is you're looking for. So they created 23andMe. And what they did is they sold it to people. People voluntarily swabbed their own cheek put it in the sample kit, paid a hundred bucks and sent them the information. Well, in just a couple of years, they began to see the DNA pattern of the earth. They could see where the DNA is that they're looking for. And once they found the markers, 
they knew how to pull the DNA together through trafficking and breed these people to increase the concentration of satanic DNA in these people. And more and more and more demons began coming to earth because they can't come to earth in a, in a regular human body. There's too much, too much Adamic DNA and you have to have a certain level of Cain DNA in it in order to sustain a demon in human form. Otherwise it's just a possession. So these, these people, these beings come to earth evil. They are evil. They are unforgivable. Enoch tried well what happened during the flood they tried to wipe them off the face of the earth but some of the dna survived and now they're concentrating it again wow that that's uh that's crazy to even think about like wow you know and that's and you why the flood happened that's why the flood happened and it yeah. was even prophesied at the time of the flood that in the last days it would happen again and except those days would be shortened the entire creation would be wasted so you think you think a lot of this has to do with religion then? No, not religion. Religion was totally created by the Nephilim. Religion has absolutely nothing to do with it. We're talking about divine relationships here between souls and bodies. That's what we're talking about. We're yeah. talking about beings that have been at war for billions of years. And this so this has nothing to do with with religion. Religion uh put aside doesn't change the fact that there's this war going on no religions were created to keep man in conflict yeah once you form a religion the very first thing you do with that religion is teach all the members of that religion to hate all other religions it was perfect it was beautiful creation by satan all right so uh let's get back to a question here from paul beska he says do you think these evil evil people are, are going to be able to carry out the Great Reset plan? Now, we've heard a lot about the Reset plan. There's there's the Great Reset, and then there's Nisara, right? So there's two different types of Reset plans in play right now, right? Well, you are asking me a question, and I will say no. They're both the same Reset. Nisara has been around for about 25 years. It, it's never really gained any traction. But the Great Reset that the World Economic Forum is talking about, that is not good. That is designed to take all those people that think they're rich because they own rental property and they're using the rents to pay off the mortgages. And there are a lot of people out there like that. In fact, that's probably the biggest single source of wealth in the United States. All that goes away. You will lose all that property. It will all revert to the state. All those warranty deeds are worthless under the Great Reset. All right. So how do you explain Bill Gates buying up all of the farmland that he's been buying up lately? He's they... not mortgaging it. He owns it. That's a big difference. He's buying up the ability to produce food. Yeah. So, so if you own all of the properties, then the Great Reset's not going to affect you? Correct. In fact, you'll feel ripped off because the Great Reset is designed to do a control-alt-delete on all debt. It's supposed to wipe out all indebtedness around the world. Of course, what it does is it, the state then takes all the titles to the property. Private property ownership, if you owe money on your house, you don't own your house. 
Yeah, they'll take it. So if you don't owe money, then then they can't take it from you. But then they go ahead and what they'll do then is when those people die, the state will just come and take it then because they'll make it so that you can't transfer it on your siblings. That's right. That's exactly right. In fact, the Democrats have have just recently come out and said that what Trump (coughs) what Trump did about taking away the death tax, that that was the worst thing. They 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 want to rid the world of that. They want to make sure when people die that the state gets 45% of that estate. Yeah, and that's crazy, I think, uh, to not be able to leave your kids anything that you've accumulated in your lifetime is, is sad. So oh, you can. It's just your kids have to mortgage it to pay the tax. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but if the Great Reset happens and, you know, you're not mortgaging anything then anyway, they'll just take it. Uh, it doesn't happen more than once. That's a, it's sort of like uh, when the when the stimulus funds went out. You know, I paid I paid a buttload in taxes last year, and I didn't – I owed money. And so when the stimulus check came out, I just used it to pay my taxes. So basically what they did is they gave me back some of my taxes so I could pay my taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love the way they do it. So Don M wants to know, do you think chemtrails are being used to cause any of this mass psychosis? Wow. Answer is I don't know. I mean, I, they don't do chemtrails like they used to, not here in North Carolina. We haven't seen chemtrails since the week Trump was elected. But I under oh, excuse me, I understand on the West Coast they do we're still using the chemtrails, are still dropping aluminum and barium and strontium in the sky. And, um, yeah, I think aluminum does affect uh, the human mind because it breaches the blood-brain barrier and, uh, and it will begin to create uh, a certain kind of cell that is a precursor to Alzheimer's. So, yes, it does. It does create a weakness in the in, uh, in the frontal cortex. Yeah, I, you know, I've heard of that too as far as aluminum and deodorants. If, if you have a deodorant with aluminum and you're using it every day, the chances of you getting Alzheimer's is going to be greater, right? I didn't know that. <clears throat> because aluminum chlorhydrate, that's that's the moisture absorbent in, in underarm deodorant, it doesn't break down very easily. That aluminum is not readily absorbed. But aluminum 3+, which is what they drop in the sky... That is, and that is a very heavy electron uh, trans or transmuter. So that's what causes. That's why it causes the problem in the brain. Is it? It's uh, aluminum three plus. It has a electric effect on the neurons in the brain. But uh, aluminum chlorhydrate is all bonded up, and it's not easy to break that bond. Yeah. So the happy plague doctor wants to know. Why does it seem like there are two realities right now? It seems rural versus urban. Two? Wow, I would like to get down to just two. Uh, I call one the average reality. The average reality is a mathematical sum of all the sentient beings alive in a single moment. Uh, I'll give you a, a clear example of it. If you and I went to... Uh, Augusta and we were going to watch the Masters, we would look at it and we would both say, wow, look how green that grass is. But in reality, your version of green in your brain and my version of green in my brain are quite different. And yet we perceive the average reality. There is an average green that everybody sees that's that's there and they accept it. Then, then there is the individual reality. 
And the individual reality consists of two things. One is what we accept, and the other is what we make. We can actually make our own reality to a certain extent because we are transmitters as well as receivers. And if we transmit either individually as a very powerful, and these are kind of rare, I mean, a guy like you know, Buddha or Jesus or Trump, or they're rare. They, they come along very rarely. And yes, individually, they can affect the reality. But more likely what it is, is, is groups of humans that think alike. They're the ones that change reality. But if you think about it, the reality changes that we have, and I don't care if it's the popularity of a car or music or anything, it starts very small, less than five people. So think about it. You and four of your friends could change the world with your ability to transmit reality. Yeah. I mean, that's so crazy to think about, right? The whole man- manifest, your, manifest your destiny, right? Well, I don't know about destiny, but you can definitely, you can definitely do reality. And then what happens is people begin to wake up. People begin to see things that you see, and it, it helps them make decisions which affect their life and uh you know for instance go back to uh go back to march of 2020 i was in a parking lot in arizona and i was getting ready to go to a conference where i was supposed to speak it got canceled while i was there but i was in the parking lot at a grocery store and i was shopping and we were standing in a line in broad daylight in at noon socially spaced apart, waiting for one person to come out of the store so one of us could go in. They had so much fear in that parking lot that even I was able to perceive it. And I, I refused to accept it. I didn't put a mask on. I, I laughed my way through it. But you could cut it with a knife in that parking lot. They had created a reality just like a movie set except we were in it. We were in the movie. That was, that was the strangest thing. And the rest of the year was, was nutso as well. All right. So Paul Beska wants to know a question. Going back to the, um, the whole DNA thing you were discussing earlier, he asked, isn't the C-19 test obtaining everyone's DNA? Are, have you heard anything about um, them actually pulling DNA off of those things? Uh, yes, they are pulling DNA off of those things, uh, but they don't have identification to go with it unless you're, uh, unless you're diagnosed as positive, then they will contact trace you. Uh, it's not really, a, I mean, it is enough DNA, of course, but I don't know if they're doing the two tests on it or not. I do know that the, uh, the, the tests are notoriously unreliable. And a lot of false positives. I would say about 30 to 40% of the tests from that swab were false positives. All right. And uh, give a shout out to everybody. There seems to be a ton of people in here now. Go ahead and hit that like button because it does help get the word out about the video. And the more people we can get in to watch this, maybe we can actually change reality a little bit ourselves. So... Uh, Don M wants to know, can animals suffer from mass psychosis such as apes? 
Yes. Uh, animals, that's where the term contagion came from. You could start a herd uh, panicking, and they will, they will gallop right off a cliff. They will run right off a cliff to their own death. It is actually a phenomenon that was noticed in animals first. One bird takes off, and they all take off. Or one fish makes a left-hand turn, and they all make a left-hand turn. But we didn't think that it transferred to humans until we started observing it from a psychological and uh, this, this mass psychosis point of view. Then we started to see that humans do it too, even though we're sentient beings and we can use logic and our intelligence. We don't have to run. We can just use our brains, but we don't. We do react with the same contagion, primal fear and flight. All right, Davy Jones Locker wants to know where does Sasquatch fall into all of this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about Sasquatch. Do I'm you, sorry. Do you believe in Sasquatch at all? Do you think that there's a, a Bigfoot out there we haven't discovered yet? Uh, it's possible. I mean, there, like I said, there are races of beings on this planet that that don't want to live with us. They don't want to commingle with us. And I could see where an intelligent being could stay hidden for hundreds of years from populations, especially in very rural areas like forests or, or uh, you know, high in the Himalayas or the Andes, of course. All right. So, so where do you think, I guess, uh, what would be the ideal reality if we were to if we were to think about a reality and try to manifest a reality what would be the ideal reality that we would try to manifest what should we try to foresee in the future what should we bring about i think that society is most stable and it goes through this cycle i call it the peace mercy justice war cycle and if the cycle gets interrupted, it always ends up in war. If you if you stop uh, administering justice, eventually the people will rise up and say, nope, that's not going to do it. We're, we're going to have a conflict here. We're either going to have a riot or we're going to have a war. You're going to follow the rule of law or we're going to have a war. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then after the war, they have mercy on people and they have peace for a period of time until people take advantage of the peace again and you go into... Uh, justice depravity. So what I think when society is the most stable is when small business and small innovation and decentralized government exists. When you have a large central government, 
it, it always leads to the depravity of the human race. And it always happens. That's why uh, there's such a drive in this country. We're not a huge population, globally speaking, but there's a drive in this country to decentralize even further. New York wants to secede from New York City. Uh, California wants to split into three states. Texas wants to split into five states because they see the power of a central government is never good. It's never good. The people lose their ability to determine their own uh, level of prosperity. And, and that's why I think we do better as small communities instead of large conglomerates. Look at Illinois. Illinois has no rights whatsoever because of Chicago. Yeah. And, you know, you, you got to. I mean, that's just a shame. Let me give a shout out to Brett Octane here. Thank you very much for the super chat. Let me ask you this, Brooks. Have you heard any of these conspiracy theories related to 5G? And do you buy any of it? And if so, what could you tell us about it? I buy some of it. Uh, there is 5G is very high frequency. And it isn't so much dangerous until you start putting a high power behind it. 5G, the, the glory of 5G is that you have, instead of these, in the old days when we had cell phones, we started out with five-watt phones. <laughs> they were dangerous. Now we have like uh, half-watt and one-watt phones, but we have cells everywhere. And the cells have tremendous amounts of power. They can uh, broadcast to these central locations and we can we can link everything together with our cell phones. But 5G is glorious because it's all low power. Lots, lots more antennas, low power, higher frequency, and it's more invisible. That is to say it goes through buildings and trees and, you know, it's not blocked off like, like a cell phone would be where you have to stand on, on one foot and, you know, yeah. turn facing the West in order to speak to your girlfriend. Uh, but it's dangerous if you start adding high amounts of power to it. And that's why Huawei and their technology was banned in this country because we analyzed it and we said, well, yeah, it's the same frequency range, but they have the ability to remotely boost the power of these antennas to really cause problems with human DNA. And that's why Trump banned them in the United States. And they, he urged Europe to ban them as well. But 5G by itself is harmless as long as you keep the power low like the original design was. All right. Well, Chuck Bam says uh, he thinks his dishwasher is talking to Chinese satellites. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta Are they just not getting clean because <laughs> everything the Chinese make is crap. <laughs> right. Even I would imagine that uh, their their uh, aircraft carrier would fall apart at the mere sight of a conflict. <laughs> you know, the Chinese have never won a war outside their country ever. In thousands of years, they've never won a war outside their country. You know, Japan pretty much had them beat during World War II. We're the ones that yeah. saved China. That's right. That's exactly right. And Chinese ships, they look formidable, but they're all made out of the cheapest steel you can imagine. If they hit a storm four or 500 miles off their coast, they would sink. That's why they don't go anywhere except the South China Sea. Yeah, right. Not... Can't let that get too far from home, I suggest. Uh, Don M. wants to know, what do you think about HARP? 
Well, I know a lot about Harp. I was in the very first uh, documentary way back in 1997. And I have spoken about it around the world. Harp was one of those projects that they put too much power behind frequencies that first were designed to just heat up the ionosphere, but then they discovered they could do stuff by doing that. Once they heated up the ionosphere, it would push out into space 40, sometimes 60 kilometers, depending on how long they left it on. And when the ionosphere pushed out into space, it would leave a void underneath it, and it would pull the stratosphere in to fill in that void. Well, if the jet stream that's the atmospheric river that goes over our heads with billions of gallons of water in it. If the jet stream were to uh, be moved slightly by using harp to create that void, they could actually change weather patterns, and they got good at it. Harp was originally designed to be what's called earth tomography. They wanted to be able to bounce low frequencies off the ionosphere like a giant parabolic mirror and down to the earth and scan deep into the earth using a technology that I helped develop in 1983 called ground probing radar. And all of the harps, all 27 of the major harps around the world are built near areas where there's large petroliferous zones. All of the big discoveries in North Dakota, Texas, offshore, they've all been discovered with HARP. That's what, that was its primary goal. But it had so many other nefarious effects that I felt compelled to be part of the documentary in 97. And it literally woke up the world. To this day, it is the most watched uh, documentary on HARP. And then I did another one for History Channel. I did another one with uh, Jesse Ventura on uh, Truth TV on his program called Conspiracy Theories. And I actually built scale models of HARP and showed people how they work on water vapor right there on camera so people could see how it's used. So do you think that they're out there trying to manipulate our weather with it? Sure. Absolutely. Wow. And when all of the HARPs are fired up and used in... In unison, they can have tremendous effects on the weather on the planet. Absolutely. So it does. There's no question about it in your mind. No question. I, I've demonstrated it right there on live on TV. I built a 64 cubic foot cloud chamber, and I made a cloud, a cold cloud, inside that chamber. And I said, now watch what happens to the water molecules when I turn this technology on. Ten seconds, poof, that water vapor disappeared. It went right back into gas. Oh, that's just crazy. So, so how does you think uh, you think CERN is involved in all of this as well, or, or I mean, they it has to be right. I mean, you saw the opening ceremony to that place. I mean, they, they, well, CERN is a tool, uh, but once they got the magnets uh, where they wouldn't crush themselves, the first time they really got high power, about six or seven terra electron volts it, it twisted itself up so they had to do a bunch of repairs to it but the last time they fired it up in a meaningful way they hit 14 terra electron volts and it was it was moving earth's magnetosphere so it it's a it's an instrument to be reckoned with and if they get this it should be later this year if they get this next level of power they should top 20 electron a terra electron volts I shudder to think what they can do. I mean, if they if they keep creating strangelets, which are basically 
subatomic black holes, then they just go straight to the center of the Earth because they're so heavy you, you can't contain them. They just fall right through the ground and go straight to the center of the Earth. Not, I mean, you'd have to run it for years and years and years for it to have a turn the Earth into a black hole. But the point is you're making things that don't exist in nature and they may never go away. So You think they're going to be able to open up a, a portal maybe to a different dimension or something? Yeah, sure. Uh, I know this because uh, when I worked at the uh, Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatories, we didn't do it with magnetism, we did it with lasers, uh, we, we saw particles popping into our dimension from another dimension, absolutely positively, and we measured them. Wow. Well, that's, that's just uh, that's crazy to think about. Well, you know, we're about ready to wrap this up, but, you know, i got to ask you a question that, you know... The way the way I've I've been seeing things is that we we're either gonna have to we're either gonna lose this and you know we're gonna lose the country or we're gonna save the country but if we save the country we're gonna have to have a war with China what what do you think you know it's funny they say the global syndicate says exactly the same words exactly the same words they don't want to fight China because. Uh, it would divide their own organization. Well, it, the CCP, it would be right, devastating. Is, yeah, it would be awesome. It would be, I mean, the, but see, the CCP has a problem. And the main problem the CCP has is the Chinese people. It's not the U.S. Yeah. It's the Chinese people. They are way outnumbered, way outnumbered. They have a big problem on their hands. And Trump almost had them taken down. In fact, the made-for-TV virus was released on us and propagated on us by Chinese tourists that they sent – or Chinese workers that they sent back to work. And it was primarily to smash the Trump economy because Trump was winning. China was imploding yeah, on they, itself. They, were, they really were. Yeah, I think so too. So, You know, when we had our, our, our uh, Great Depression – our ratio of debt to GDP was about 10. And when we get to 11, it's very scary times for us. That's why we want to be able to print currency. China does the same thing, except they manipulate the value of their currency. Their ratio of debt to GDP is about 101. Wow. They, can, they cannot exist they cannot exist yeah. well, much you, longer. You know what I found funny about the the made for TV virus is that if if you if you remember remember when they first tried to impeach Trump and they they were holding on Nancy Pelosi was holding on to those articles of impeachment or whatever she was holding them before bringing them to the Senate. They were waiting for the infections to start. Yeah, once you know if you if you look up the days, the day she brought them to the Senate was the exact same day that the United States had the first case of coronavirus, I believe, in uh, up near Seattle. And that was that was when it was like, OK, so coronavirus is here. We have the first case in the U.S., but let's bury that in the news by guess what? I'm releasing my articles of impeachment today. That to me was was like a flag saying, hey, don't you know, they were obviously like, let's not talk about this. You know, we don't want coronavirus being in America to be a big deal. We want we want the media and everybody to focus on 
the impeachment for now. And, and we did, didn't we? Yes, we did. And it was a coordinated attack, an act of war. Now, the scary thing is that the virus, you know, turned out to be not that big a deal because we are the cure. We, we've been fighting viruses for millions of years. We could fight this one off, too. It morphed. It changed into the vaccine. And that's scary because the vaccine messenger RNA is a big deal, especially for childbearing years. This is a this is a vaccine that will be passed on to progeny and it will mutate. It will mutate human DNA absolutely positively. Yeah, you know, it's crazy to to think about what they're what they're doing with that. You know, you got to you got to wonder if that's sort of the mark of the beast in some way, right? Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, I mean, I I I could be, but I I don't know if the beast cares much about that, but if it, uh, you know, if you if we see in a year's time or two years time, 150 million Americans that have had at least one part of the jab, I think only 40 percent of them have had the second jab. But if we start seeing side effects, serious health side effects, either dementia or blood clotting or angina or uh, these these uh, symptoms that we have been seeing with the vaccine, if they begin to really exacerbate, uh, what do we do? 330 million Americans, but 150 million of them are are not going to live more than 10 years. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, well, it's going around the world too. You know, let me ask you this: Do you know if they're if they're giving the the jab to to Chinese people? Are they taking it as well? Because I know that they just U.S. one, huh? Not the U.S. one. No, they're they're doing their own, the one that they created, right? Yep. And they just With lifted they they just lifted their ban on only one child per family. Yeah, they're they, well. It's going to be another year, but they're going to raise it to two, so the, two children. Yeah, and so it's, <laughs> it's going to be too late in India. They have already aborted over 55 million females. Their their population's aging very quickly. Well, absolutely, uh, absolutely crazy. And uh, let's see here. I know Paul had a question. If Trump returns, can we beat this evil? Well, define return. Because when I was down in Dallas, it was pretty clear that Trump was, was not going to go back into the White House. It just... But there were other things that he could do. And we have strong candidates. We have Pompeo. We have DeSantis. We have Tom Cotton. There are others that are good, strong candidates. But you raise a very good question. The question, and I brought this up when I was meeting with Mike Flynn and with uh, Sidney Powell, who is going to lead us? You have a lot of leaders. You have a lot of leadership. But the way... The republic works, the central republic works, is we have to have a leader. And if it's not Trump, who is it going to be? I honestly don't think Trump is going to go for round two. He escaped with his life and all the lives of his kids. I don't think he's going to do a round two. I don't know. I You know, I see uh, DeSantis coming. I do too. And Pompeo is very smart. He's very likable. He has all the right credentials. I've never met him face to face, but uh, I get very good vibes from him. He he knows what's going on, and he has a very easy 
tone about him, and I don't think anyone in the world will mess with him. All right, TK422 makes a good point here. He says, Trump is the father of the vaccine. He had the military all ready to go to disperse it to people. What would you say to that? Because because <clears throat> Trump did set all this up, didn't he, with the vaccine and everything else? He pushed everybody yeah. to do it? Yes, he did. He didn't create the vaccine. But what he said was, look, I'm going to move all the red tape out of the way, all the FDA bull crap. I'm going to move that. Out. You guys get the job done and let's make this happen. His primary goal was to take away the political advantage of the made-for-TV virus. And he didn't win. They defeated him in November anyway. Yeah. Well, interesting times we live in for sure, isn't it? Well, a lot of people wonder, especially the Q people and uh, Anons that I know around, around the country. By the way, for the record, there's no such thing as QAnon. It doesn't exist. Q exists. The Anons have existed for a long time. But the word, the coinage QAnon is, was made up by the opposition. That's just to make us look weird. But for the record, uh, we could see a little bit into the future. Sometimes it was a few seconds. Sometimes it was a few hours. And we could not take action on what we saw because then the whole thing becomes unpredictable. What we tried to do was wake people up so that they would not be surprised as Trump began to draw out these evil uh, people that are trying to destroy America and capture the world so we could see them for who they really are. We didn't know that much about trafficking. We didn't know that much about uh you know, the oath and covenant that these people take and how dark their cabal is. We had suspicions, but we didn't know. Once that started getting out in the public, those guys actually didn't think it would hurt them. They ignored us for a long time. They ignored us. When I came out with Charm of Favor, they didn't have a clue. But Charm of Favor went straight to number one, and it's been in the top 100 for almost two years more and more people began to become aware of it. And that's when they turned on us. They started calling us QAnon, and then that became terrorists, and that became insurrectionists. And, you know, now we're, we're enemies of the state. But uh, it's because we took it to them. We told the world who they were. Yeah, they, they totally freaked out, didn't they? Well, it didn't at first. They didn't even want to mention the name. We couldn't even get them. We would, we couldn't get them to mention the name. And then slowly but surely, they began mentioning it. And then it became, it became the mantra. And by January sixth, you know, we were we were all enemies of the state. Oh yeah, and it's only going to get worse. I think uh, Biden's already calling on uh, friends and family to turn in all the patriots that they know. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. Virtual Joe is just reading his cue cards, and he has no force behind it whatsoever. Nobody fears him at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the uh, it's the power behind him, the the puppet string yeah. masters that everybody's worried about. Oh, yeah, and there's a lot of strings. You know, people say, "Well, Kamala Harris is coming. Don't worry about her. It's not her you have to worry about. It's her husband. It's the connections. Her husband." is an attorney 
for the defense firm for the CCP in the United States on technological property. If she walks into the White House, the CCP walks straight into the West Wing. Wow. You know, and uh, that's coming. I, I do believe that that's coming. We're not going to have uh, uh, President Biden very long, I don't think. I think he's good for another six months, maybe. I I didn't give him 90 days, so I think he's very close to being uh, taken to the basement. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, uh, we're out of time, Brooks. Boy, it goes fast, doesn't it? I, I certainly appreciate your patience with me as we watched that video earlier. I couldn't explain that better myself. I'm, I mean, I tried. I had some notes made and some things I thought, you know what, let me just play this video because it's really going to put into perspective everything that, that we're talking about today. And thanks so much for being patient yeah, with that. Really, I appreciate it. All right. So you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Yes, there's the easiest way is to go to my website, which is brooksagnew.com. Everything is linked there, my radio programs, my books, poetry, where I'm speaking. By the way, I'm speaking in, in August in Mount Shasta. If you live anywhere within 300 miles of that place, get out of the house and come and see us in Mount Shasta. Uh, everything is linked to there. So my podcast is every Wednesday and Sunday at 8 p.m., on America Free Radio. You can see it on six different platforms. All right. Uh, Tina says, thanks for the stream at Conflict Radio. See you at Pete's. I don't know what that what that means. So maybe you can uh, put in your comments what you mean. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Remember, you can always find Brooks stuff down in the description box below. All of the links are there to take you to Brooks news podcasts and, and his websites and all of his books definitely pay attention is absolute brilliant man and i couldn't thank him enough for coming on the show an absolute blast having you man I, I love talking to you thank you so much anytime mike anytime you just you just say the word i, I never turned around an interview with you all right so uh hang on a second and uh just let everybody know you can always find us online just go to www.conflictradio.net you can find us on apple itunes Spreaker and all of your normal podcast catchers. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We will be back on Thursday with uh well, I guess I don't have my uh my book out right now, but we will be back on Thursday with Brandon uh Whitechurch. I hope I said that right and uh we'll talk to you then. Batten down the hatches and be safe. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.